Hello and welcome to the RTE Soccer Podcast. I'm Anthony Pine and I'm very happy to be joined this week by Paul Curry and Stewie Byrne to reflect on the weekend's domestic action and look ahead to the small matter of this year's, this weekend's FAI Cup final between Bohemians and St. Pat's. Stephen Kenny names his Ireland squad on Thursday, uh, perhaps the last time that he will get to do that. We'll touch on how he might approach the Euros qualifier away to the Netherlands and we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming promotion relegation playoff between Waterford and Cork City. Uh, first of all, we'll start with the champions. Um, Shamrock Rovers have won their fourth league title in a row. They have a very strong, highly successful academy and they play at best ground in the LOI. And yet, Paul, uh, there seems to be tension behind the scenes. Uh, Dan McDonald had a, had a lengthy and very detailed piece in Saturday's Irish Independent around this. Um, this is dense and, and it's it's not straightforward, but uh, you know, basically Rovers have an ownership model that's split in three between businessman Ray Wilson, Dermot Desmond, they have 25% stakes, and then the remaining 50% is fan-owned through their members club. And there just seems to be this stew of tension at board level. Um, they're heading for a financial for, uh, shortfall next year. Uh, that looming shortfall has led to questions about where the money is going to come from to tide the club over. Will it come solely from the monies raised by the members club? Will that in turn change the ownership dynamic by potentially diluting the fans' shareholding? Uh, and lead to Wilson and Desmond having greater control. Uh, there's claims, there's counterclaims. There's also been questions around the money invested into some of Stephen Bradley's signings, which has angered him. Uh, so, Paul, like, is this the sort of football politics that can happen when you have three sets of shareholders? You know, the foundations at Rovers remain strong. Uh, is it more likely that resolutions will be found here and they will stay as the league's standard bearers? Or uh, is there potentially an implosion coming at the club? Yeah, there was, there was a lot in that piece, Anthony, the, the other day that, that Dan McDonald had in the Irish Independent and you could probably spend the next 45 minutes talking about different aspects of it. I guess what's surprising a lot of people is that this is, you know, coming to the fore amidst what is, you know, being such a successful period of time for the club on the pitch. Um, you know, you think about the European runs, the four in a row, the FEI Cup that they had in that run, the players that they've sold on. And to many on the outside, I'm sure a lot of people would have thought that it was all rosy and it seems like it's anything but. And there seems to be so much turmoil between the members of or, or the directors that they have that sit on the board from from the fan side and particularly, it seems, from from Ray Wilson's side. Um, it's surprising, but at the same time, I guess when you think back to Stephen Bradley's comments a couple of weeks ago after the, the win against Bose, and he was talking about, you know, certain people at the board pulling against them, it probably shouldn't come with too much of a surprise. The the financials is probably a, another aspect. You think of all the success they've had and how much um, they've put into that club, and yet they still seem to be under a massive de deficit because of the, the poor European campaign they had this year. So um, it, it's hard to know what, what to think of it. Um, it's, it's hard to know really what part of it that you focus in on. But at the same time, I'm sure for Stephen Bradley, he's thinking about the squad and and the, the playing staff that they have and the coaching staff and ensuring that they're able to keep the cohort of that team together again for next year. Because, you know, financially, winning the league is such an important character for, for any League of Ireland side to have. But it seems even more importantly for Shamrock Rovers in order to kind of keep the boat steady for the next 12 months and hope that they can, you know, go a little further in Europe and and bank that extra European money that is on show. But, you know, for any club within the League of Ireland, you want consistency and you want, I guess, continuity on the pitch. And they seem to have that with the players and the coaching staff. But off the pitch, you also need continuity. And it seems that it is very, very rocky and tall at the moment. And, and, and Stewie, one does sort of feed into the other in terms of 
obviously on the pitch, Armagh Groves have won another league. They've, they've got a, a squad full of players with heaving pockets full of medals and, and they've been there and done it all. But like a lot of those guys may be looking at this going, well, where is this going to be in a year's time? Where am I going to be? You know, is this the sort of end of a dynasty or can we kick on again? I mean, it's, it's not ideal and, and it's not something that, you know, anybody would have wanted in, in the aftermath of winning a four in a row, which would be this crowning achievement that they've been building towards for the last four years. It, it's a strange time, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I think um, part of me doesn't really care uh, because I just think it's, it's, it, I don't mean that sort of, I mean that in a, in a kind of a, um, how would you describe it? Like, Really, what should have happened? We we should be now in a position. Rovers should be now in a position. They've won four league titles in a row. They've got infrastructure in really good place. Got training ground in really good place. Academy really good place. I mean, they tick they tick all the boxes. They've got investment in the football in the football club, and not just any investment. It's investment um, from some serious business people in the in, in the business world. And yet, despite all that. Instead of us now talking about who are Shamrock Rovers going to sign, um, where can they go from here? We're talking about um, this, uh, all the sort of the, the, the dirty washing is kind of coming out now in public and it's kind of been going on for a few weeks as well. And what I mean by I don't really care is that that kind of annoys me a little bit because if the football club has gotten itself in such an entanglement over the, over the last couple of years that this is now where they're at after winning four league titles in a row, then something has badly gone wrong somewhere and something is going to give. There's no doubt about it. Something is going to give, whether that's um, um, in the playing staff, whether that's the team, whether that's in the background, something has got to give. Um, I Rovers kind of confuse me a little bit um, because when I look at the stadium and I look at the achievement of the, of, of the team, um, and I know it's been a poor year in Europe for them, and there's no doubt about it. They will the, the players and the team would be probably the first to admit that it didn't go well. But however, they did go and win the league again, um, and they've done uh, what they've probably set out to achieve at the start of the season, and that was the, the probably the main focus. Although I do think Europe is probably very very close to it, um, but the the confusion from my part comes with. Uh, the club, I mean, it's the most successful football club in the history uh, of Irish football. They've just won four league titles in a row. They have a fantastic stadium. They're just about to add 2,000 seats to that stadium. And, you know, the training ground, everything we talk about. It must be the most brandable place in the country. Yeah, for some reason, it's not. You know, and when I look at, for example, what Daniel Lambert has done with Bohemians Football Club, um, and you know other clubs are starting to, start to follow suit. I'm I'm confused. I don't understand what the problem is. You know, and um, so I think I think commercially there's been a dropping of the balls somewhere along the lines in that they haven't been able to kind of maybe utilize the, uh, the football club in terms of sponsorship and so on and so forth. And now what worries me is they may have to cut their budget, um, and they may have to cut it considerably. And I think from a playing point of view, that's got, that'll be a disaster. I think that would be a disaster for them. They are now prime place, Shamrock Rovers, to really go. You would think they would be in a position to now sign three or four players, freshen up the squad. There's definitely squad fatigue, no doubt about it. But the natural course of things will change. You know, Alan Manis is retired. Ronan Finn is moving on. You might see a couple of others naturally move on as well. Um, 
and that would you would think uh, create opportunity for Rovers to go sign three or four players, um, and try and 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 progress a little bit more, um, but you know they 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 find themselves in a situation, um, where there's um like I said a lot of dirty washing being aired and a lot of things going on in the background and that's fine that's that, that's what you get with big football clubs, but they've been here before I think you know um. The, the you know this kind of is a little bit of deja vu for the for for the club reminds me of the time when Michael O'Neill um, had just won a, a double back in 2011 2012 wanted to kind of kick on a little bit and the club probably probably right it's, you know you, you 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 just don't know but probably rightly at the time said no not really ready to do that um and made the call. Michael left and so on and so forth. Stephen Kenny came in. That was a disaster. And 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 there's been a bit of a scrap um, from then on to kind of build them up to where they are now. And it's unfortunate, it's extremely unfortunate that they can't, they're not in a position now to kind of maybe um uh, make better decisions um around the 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 kind of where they're going after off the back of the the, the incredible, by the way, incredible success they've had. I mean to win, I mean, th- th- I, th- I actually don't think this four in a row has been has been has been advertised enough. It is, it is an unbelievable achievement, and very rarely done in world football, let alone in Ireland. And yes, this is the um, this is what we're talking about. Are they insulated, Paul, from the kind of drop we've seen before? We've seen boom and bust in the League of Ireland for you know the last couple of decades. That's what everyone's afraid of. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think we need to get away from that. We need to stop fearing. Progression, you know, like it's it's not it's not two thousand and eight anymore, you know. Like the the economy here is thriving, yet people don't seem to want to admit that. Like you know that kind of way. Sorry to cut across you, but I kind of felt that there's a kind of a there is a fear factor here, and it's understandable to a point. But where are we gonna like? How are we ever going to move on if if this is the kind of the, the top process? No, Paul, I was just going to say, because there is the new stand gone in now, you know, which will obviously uh, bring in enhanced ticket sales. Uh, that, that academy is produce, you know, it's producing good players. Um, you know, there's potential sell-on clauses on the way in the next couple of, couple of years. So even if this goes really sour for Shamrock Rovers, like, are they protected from a complete collapse, uh, similar to what we may have seen in the past? Yeah, I, I think the worry is, is that, you know, they're they're expecting a... You know, a loss of somewhere in the region of two million quid for for the financial year that is twenty twenty three, and and that is, I guess, a bit of a worry from a Shamrock Rovers point of view that you can't continue to, I guess, register losses like that, and uh, some of that might be down to the playing squad. Um, yeah, I I think Anthony, listen, going forward, they will rely on on kind of player sales and bringing players through that academy, and they've done that incredibly successfully. And they've even brought in, you know, the likes of Andy Lyons and sold them on at a profit. And I would imagine that they might even look at someone like the likes of Neil Ferruja as potentially being the next one to to push out the door if he manages to stay fit and bringing in a big transfer fee for those players. And you have to say that in their dealings of players going across to the UK, they've held out for good transfer fees and they'll need to continue to do that. I don't think they'll be at a deficit from a playing squad point of view. I think, you know, they had more than enough from the bank this year to to kind of get themselves over the line. And that was even during periods of the season when they were out key players. Neil was out, Trevor Clark was out, Jack Byrne was out. And they've had to rotate the squad and they've had to use, I guess, every resource that they they have at their disposal. So at the uh, the the 19th game yesterday, 
and they have a really good crop as well coming through again, like some Noonan. Uh, Naj Razi, they have players who can certainly kind of fill any void of an experienced player that maybe had to go out the door because of having to cut the budget. So I wouldn't expect that there's going to be this this massive drop off from Shamrock Rovers, but I still don't think you can ignore the fact that a two million loss to a League of Ireland club is substantial. Yes, they will have additional bumps on seats in, in the new stand, and that's an extra revenue source. Stewie's mentioned about kind of commercialising the club. I do believe that more can be done there. But you don't want to be relying on good European runs every year in order to kind of balance the mucks. That is not something that, unfortunately, we're not at a stage where we can rely on League of Ireland clubs going deep into European competitions. The Conference League has been great. And it opens up an extra avenue, but Shamrock Rovers found it hard this year. And a bad draw here or there can really scupper your chances um, in European Cup competition. So, yes, there, there is some work that needs to be done. Um, will we see... Certain elements of the first team being trimmed, maybe a lot of those players are still under contract for next season. Um, so you would imagine this and the basis of the squad is still going to be there. It's still going to be the team to to catch next season. But at the same time, we can't get away from kind of two million two million euro losses. Uh, Stewie, let's talk about shells because the uncertainty at a club like Shamrock Rovers potentially opens the door for a club like shells. New owners in uh, midway through this season. Damien Duff at the helm. They've had a, a really good campaign. Possibly in Europe, we don't know that yet, but they, they, they have finished fourth, so we'll we'll see how the cup final plays out. Uh, and yeah, Damien Duff has sort of aired frustration over uh, the delay in his own situation there. Uh, he wants to tie down players as quickly as possible over the winter so we can plan to next season. Um, I mean, are they in danger of, of squandering a big opportunity to kick on? Yeah, well... To, to answer your question, kind of, yeah. I mean, this is the time of the, of the season where you want to be signing them. Players, no doubt about it. You, will, you certainly want to have been speaking to them. I mean, re- realistically, you would have been speaking to players probably four or five weeks ago. Um, so it's not ideal. Um, and especially from an opposition point of view, when you look at this, what's going on in Shamrock Grovers, you know, if you're Pat, Sturdy, Bowes, Shells, you want to go, look, let's get in here. Let's get in here before they do. Let's, you know, uh, take advantage of the situation. That's just the competitiveness that, that, that exists. That's just natural. So from uh, for Damien Duff and considering, you know, if it is true that we're, what we're being told, there is, there, there's, um, there's a few bob on the way to invest in the playing side of things, he, he would want that now, wouldn't he? He would want to be able to kind of go out and get um, um, the best players that he that, that he can. Um, and by all means, when you consider the kind of the natural league of Ireland uh, turnaround of players, there's always that sort of, there's always a, a, a kind of a, 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 certainly a good crop of players available at the end of the season to kind of pick from. So that, that must be extremely frustrating for him. Um, his own contract thing, side of things, um, knowing him... In the little way I do, I kind of believe if he would turn and say, I don't really care too much about that, but I'd like to be able to sign players. I'd believe that a little bit from him, to be quite honest. Although I would say, I imagine it's quite frustrating for him as well that, that the um, the ownership haven't kind of tied down his own his own, his own own contract. Um, especially when you consider that, I would imagine there'd be a lot of talk of outside um, factors. There'd be a lot of interest in Damien Duff. Um, at this moment in time when you consider what he's achieved as a manager, as a young manager um, at Shell. So I would have thought uh, they would have been, he would have been forced on the list to kind of tie down. So I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I, I believe him when, it, when, when he says that it's been a bit of frustration, it's all a little bit slow, it's a little bit static. So um, 
hopefully something gets done this week, which I, I, I'd, be, I'd expect it probably will. I mean, they're going to lose Jack Moylan, Paul, but uh, what is it realistic to expect Shelburne, if with the right investment and, and the right decisions over the course of the winter, to come back as a team that, that can actually challenge to win the league? I mean, as I said, they, they may be in Europe as well next year, uh, which presents, obviously, a different kind of challenge as well, trying to marry those twin ambitions. But are, are they that far off, or is that too big a leap? Yeah, I think it's too big a leap to close the gap on Shamrock Rovers. But if if you look at, I guess, the process that they've gone through from being promoted, they finished seventh last year, fourth this year, and they've had an FAI Cup final in between. You know, you can see the steady sort of building blocks that Duff is putting in place. Last year, they were very difficult to beat. This year, was much of the same, but sprinkling a bit more quality when they were in possession of the ball. And, of course, in the final third, they looked far more of a threat. And a lot of that was down to Jack, Bo- or Jack Moylan, um, they're without Sean Boyd for a large part of the season. That's somebody who can maybe come in and fill a bit of that void. But they certainly need maybe three or four bodies to to bridge that gap again to the likes of of Derry and Rovers. And you know, repeating what they've done this year, maybe going into you know closing the gap a bit on on Pats and finishing third, that would be seen as massive progress again. But they're not far away. Um, you can certainly see the the way he has them set up that they're they're probably one of the most frustrating and hardest teams to play in the league. Um, a bit more quality, as I mentioned, in, in possession of the ball will probably get them to that next sort of rank. Um, and a lot of that also relies on Damien Duff still being there, which you would imagine so. So, yeah, I can understand his frustrations. He can obviously see where this team are at and where they could potentially go. Um, they won't be far away, put it that way, Anthony, but they're, they're probably still a bit short of, of competing with the likes of Shamrock Rovers. European football can also only be two additional games within a season. Season, so uh, that's not too much to contend with. But a couple more players, I'm sure they've been active and having conversations. You would, you know, Duffer is always kind of that way. We're kind of being proactive about things. I'm sure he sees a bit of a vision there. Jack Moylan will obviously be massive boots to fill in the goals that he has and has contributed this season. But uh, they're a team who are in a safe set of hands at this moment in time. Let's look ahead to this final then, Stewie. Um, first of all, just just on the crowd, because the, the record was just over 37,000, which was two years ago, Bowles and Pats, uh, that game. We are definitely going to smash that record this year. I, I would say mid-40s easily. Um, what's going on? Like This, this organic growth is, continues to go up. Like what, What's what's happening in your own view? I know it's, it's probably no way. I think it's simple. <laughs> it's post-COVID. Yeah. People, are just, people just want to get out the door. It's that, it's that simple. Um, is that thirty-seven thousand in the modern Aviva? Is yes, that the overall record. Okay, oh, I think it's. Am I yeah. right in saying forty-four? Is the in Daily Mount somewhere? I mean, of the overall history of the cup. I, I'll have to take your word on that. I, I don't know. I on. think that could be broken. To be fair, yeah. I think I think, and that would be an incredible achievement when you look when you look at the um at, at the at the kind of crowds we used to get at at, at Gates uh, at games back in the sixties, like you know. But you that said, I, that you, did you? Oh yeah, just about yeah, yeah. That's the time of day doing that. I teased you up a bit well about the fall, didn't I? <laughs> be careful. Have to be careful of him, Mikey. You know what I mean. Um. However, uh, it's post COVID. It's no doubt about it. From I think people have just been, um, well, a couple of things are going on. If but so, I definitely think it's a post COVID thing. People just want to get out the door. Live events. They want to get attached to something real. You know, something real. Um, going to games rather than watching them on the television. Um, something that was, uh, I remember speaking about God a long time now, um, in, uh, even probably six, five, six years ago, seven years ago, airing this frustration at why people are so 
infatuated with the Premier League and they go to games every week and they spend 200 quid on, on, on flights and tickets, all that kind of stuff, like, you know, and you kind of wonder, like, really, dear, is that, like, is that really your thing? Is there a 5%, 10%, 15% of those people that might be there just to grab their, grab them and say, look, come here, can you, like, why don't you go to a game here? Why don't you go to your local team and get involved and, and realize and, and, and experience what you experience in England, do it here. And I think there's an element of that as well. I think clubs have done an extremely good job at trying to convince those people, say, hey, hang on a second, you know, look, fine. You know, you follow Man United, Leeds, Liverpool, Grant, look, no, no issue. But what about this? What do you think? Come along, see what you think. You know, you might, you might enjoy it, like, you know. Uh, Bowes being the, the one club that has done that extremely well and um, has just tapped into they've just broadened their reach you know and, and and the other football clubs have followed suit and have said look there's something here for you will you, will you come down and get involved um, and I think it's worked it's worked um, however what worries me is that if if the product and if the competitiveness of the games dwindles and I've seen this before in League of Ireland and as Paul alludes to I'm old okay I've seen a lot of peaks and troughs in this league and um, probably seen two or three extreme ones and they'd go away if they don't see you know if they don't get something from the games if you don't see that competitiveness and they don't see their team really progressing or not even really progressing just uh, they don't enjoy the game, so that so it's a it's a constant work in progress, especially for 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 Ireland, especially for League of Ireland, um, because it's not, um, because of the the animal that is the Premier League, you know, there's always, um, and I think it's quite fake, to be quite honest with you, and I know he was even saying to you, I'm not too interested in the Premier League, to be quite honest with you, I'm just more interested in, in, in trying to do whatever it is I can do, um. Um, to kind of really progress the game here, but that being said, the, the game's in a really good place here. It's in a really good place here. The cup final has become this marquee event, which is fantastic, um, and it's a huge way of promoting the game here. And long may it continue. However, I want to see that interest that goes into the cup final. I want to see that on a weekly basis in games here in the league, but. That being said, um, I think we could be looking at probably breaking the records on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is our showpiece game, uh, the cup final, Paul, and it will be a great occasion. How do you see it playing out? Because, you know, a couple of years ago, it was just a moment of magic from, from Chris Forrester, which is very often the case in these kind of games, these, these occasions. Um, you, know, you wouldn't imagine there's going to be much between them again on, on, on Sunday. Um, where's your money? I've always had a feeling... And I don't really know why, but just that Bowes will go on and win the FA Cup this year. I, I don't know what it is, but there's just a niggling feeling that I have that it's kind of, it's been written for them. They've been waiting for a silverware for so, so long. Um, I, I think they'll get the job done. That said, just having a bit of a look back on, you know, Bowes' results and uh, the form after April 10 this year against sides who finished above them. They've played 15, lost six, drawn eight, and only won one. So there has to be major question marks about Bowes in, in particularly the second half of the season this year that they just haven't managed to win enough games of football. They had a brilliant start to the season, started on, on fire, top of the league after the first round of games, I think, and have somewhat fallen away in, in, in recent weeks and recent months. And 
you would think that if they are to get a result against Pats on the weekend, they're going to have to show a bit more than they have in those games. Um, I think a lot of a lot of their play centrals around Jonathan Afalabi, you know, being that target man of not only bringing um, a physical presence and goals to his game, but he's also able to kind of bring the wider players in into uh, involved in the game, likes of Danny Grant, the likes of Dylan Conley, whoever starts at wide, great legs, great pace. You would think on a big pitch in the Viva, that should suit them. Um, and I think they should have enough. Um, I don't know what part of me just feels like Bows are going to go on and do it. I think so much good, like Stewie's mentioned, be done with the club. They've brought so many players through and sold so many players on. The one thing that is really missing from kind of the last 10 years of growth is, is a trophy. And I think this will be the time that they'll get it done. But it's going to be a really difficult test. Cup finals are always, particularly in the last few years, when you think back, maybe with the, the Shells and Derry game being the exception, they've been really, really tight affairs. And they played out a really tight game two years ago. And you would expect that this is going to be something of the same because Pats, since Jonathan Daly have, has come in, have been brilliant. They have a lot of young players. I maybe have a question mark about how they might have handled the occasion. It's a big, big game, massive attendance. Um, but whatever part of it of me it is, maybe it's the fact that there's uh, three both season ticket holders in, in my family that keep telling me they're going to win the Cup. I just have a feeling that they're just going to get over the line. Yeah. Where are you from, Paul? I'm Casanac. My dad is Cabra. Oh, right. Yeah. Very good. So, okay, I, I was. Oh, uh, I'll let that one go. Let that I one go. Just, <laughs> I was disowned, disowned when I signed. <laughs> just briefly, Paul, because we have effectively have another cup final on Friday night, the promotion relegation playoff between Water from Cork. Um, I, I mean, that, that should be another very tight game. It's, it's hard to pick a winner. I, I guess Waterford have momentum, although fair play to Cove Rambers, they gave them a right go, uh, in, in the first division playoff final. Uh, I'll, I'll come to you as well on this, Stewie. Just just a quick prediction on, on if you think might shade that. On the uh, Waterford Cork. Waterford Cork, Friday night. Yeah, I think I think Cork might do. Yeah, I think Cork might just... Um, but, although even as I say that, I'm worried because I've been kind of worried a little bit about Cork for a while. Um, there's kind of a naivety there about them. That's, although they do have very good individual players that on a night can, 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 um, can win your game. So... I think I might just just about tip Cork. Um, I quite I quite frustrated by the whole playoff system in the first division. I don't understand why a team that can finish fifty plus points off in fifth gets an opportunity to get promoted. I'd, I'd much rather have seen second place play against second straight off. Um, I think we that's just a personal grievance of mine. I think it's a ridiculous system. However, um, ultimately we'd love to see both Cork and Waterford in the in the uh, Premier, but um. That's not to be this year. I, I think they might just go for Cork. Well, I think I'll go with Waterford. I, I just worry for Cork and I guess kind of echoing what Stewie said there, just the naivety. Uh, watched them and did the game, uh, the semi-final against Pats, and they, they were actually quite good, particularly in the first half and very much in the game. They conceded sloppy goals, and, and that would be a worry for me. Like They conceded 64 goals in the league this year, only UCD were worse. And uh, when you have somebody like Ronan Coughlin, who's you know, probably should be playing in the Premier Division level. He's more than capable of of doing that. He scored a lot of goals at Waterford. I think that's kind of a, a tricky combination uh, when you got somebody banging form like himself and Cork, who just seemed fine ways of losing games. And I think when you're in that rut, you may find it hard to get over the line. So I'll just tip Waterford. Um, after their close shave the other night, what a bicycle kick, by the way, in that game. It was brilliant to, to level things up in the dying yeah. ends of the game. But I, I, I fancy Keith Long. I fancy Waterford. 
Okay, um, well, look, we're, we're almost ready to wrap up, lads, but just quickly before we do, we do have a, an international squad announcement coming on, on Thursday, Stewie. Um, usually, we, we go through players in form and, and try and predict who Stephen Kenny is going to call up, but I think like this is just a, a strange time for him because realistically, this, this looks like it could be the last squad that he announces. Two games to go, a qualifier away to the Netherlands, and then a friendly against New Zealand. Um, it's hard not to have sympathy with him, really. To, to you know, do you think he should be in this position, or do you think the FAI at this point should have just made the call? Or am I being unfair? Has he still got a chance of staying on? I don't see it, to be honest with you. Now, um, I think the I think the argument now is possibly, uh, you know, and, and that's been it's been the question for a while now. Do you leave him in place, or do you get a new man in place to kind of? Uh, um, give them two games to, to, to kind of get settled in or whatever the case may be look that's not going to happen that's it um, I don't think there's the only thing I'd like to see out of these two games is to see I, I, I just would love to see an improvement in the performance from just, just the individual players I don't care who's in charge to be quite honest I think it's all become a little bit sort of tedious and drawn out but um, I'd be a little bit critical of some of the players to be quite honest with you. I think they've I think they've I hate using the word down tools, right? Because I know it's probably a difficult environment to be in, but I've seen a dramatic fall off in performance level from a number of players in the first team. And you only have to have a look at, at, at Benny's performance to realise where they should really be at. Like, you know? So I think there has to be a little bit of collective um, responsibility here. But it obviously, the book stops with the manager. He hasn't been able to get enough out of them. I, I personally think he, he struggled since um, Anthony Barry has left. I think the Ukraine away game 2022 was our peak. Everything has been downhill since then. Paul, let me put this to you. Ireland win 3-0 in Amsterdam and then they hammer New Zealand 5-0. Does it change anything? Ireland will not win 3-0 in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think it will. I think we've seen too much in, in recent games uh, games, particularly the Greece fixtures. I think you can go back, like Stu's mentioned, to the Nations League campaign. That's when I started to get really worried. I think it was the game against Armenia at home when we tuned it up and then maybe went to 2-2 and then won it late on. I started to, to see cracks in the performance. I think it needs a change. I thought they should have done it earlier and they should have given somebody the the remainder of this campaign and the, the friendly game against New Zealand just to start trying to bed things in because competitive fixtures will come around quickly again for us and we can't have to afford to have another situation whereby a manager loses three, four games, and we say we have to give him time to embed his his sort of way of playing his philosophy into the team. Um, I do, I just don't see it, Anthony. I don't think anybody associated with with the national team really does see Stephen staying on, which is an awful pity because it you could see how much it meant to him, and everybody wanted it to go well from. Uh, but you know, you know, results and performance of late just haven't been good enough. Okay, um, before we go, let's just have a quick recap of the SSE Airtricity Women's Premier Division results at the weekend. Athlone Town bet Wexford Utes 2-1. Sligo Rovers had a 2-1 win over DLR Waves. Galway bet the champions, P-Mount United, 3-0. Shamrock Rovers won 4-1 at Treaty United. The final round of league games takes place this weekend when P-Mount will be awarded the trophy. And the FAI Cup final uh, between Shelburne and Athlone takes place Excuse me, a week after that at Tallah Stadium. That's a rematch of last year's decider. Uh, thanks again to Paul Curry and to Stewie Byrne for joining us this week. FBI Cup Final is live on RT2 and the RT player this Sunday and uh, live commentary on RT Radio 1 and a live blog on RT Online. 
Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.